Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and my patrons, especially all those new patrons signing up, trying to help keep the show going. I hope you have access to these episodes uh, uh, so you can benefit, uh, like, and hear the, just you hear these messages, so hear me say thank you over and over again, because you deserve it, because uh, you're keeping this podcast going. You're gifting yourself a good night's sleep if I can provide it. And, uh, like, uh, you're doing it for a bunch of other people, but, uh, really you're doing it for, for, you're keeping it going and you're, you're helping uh, put something nice in the world. Thank you. Let's let's keep going. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here. Uh, to, to put you to sleep uh, or help you while you fall asleep, whatever it is, uh, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and fresh play, fresh play, uh, fresh play, play, press play, actually. Uh, or you could say, hey, like blankety blank, play the, play the Sleep With Me podcast. So the loud speakers will do it, but whatever, however you do it. Uh, so now I mix myself up because all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the Oh, I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping up, whether it's stuff that you're thinking about, uh, physically feeling, emotionally dealing with uh, noises, travel, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. I'd like to take your mind off of that. Uh, that's why I'm kind of trying to create this smooth, calm, gentle and most importantly, welcoming and, and I guess understanding a place uh, that I'm glad you found. I hope this podcast can help you. What I'm going to try to do is keep you company in the deep, dark nights. I'm going to try to distract you, uh, like to take your mind off stuff, as I said, while you drift over the threshold from wake to sleep. I'm going to use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Wings of pointlessness uh, that will silently, I have wings that silently flap. So I guess they don't flap, but they do. They silently flap. And uh, if there's any clapping, it'll be silent clapping. If there was, if I was a kitten and I was lapping, uh, it would be silent as well. Uh, so ideally you'll be napping. And usually I try to limit the rhymes and the sing song stuff uh, to the opening. Now, if you're new here, um, Here's a, here's a couple of things to know just to set you up. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you found your way here. This podcast doesn't work for everybody, but give it a few tries. I hope it can help you. Uh, structurally, the first like six minutes or so of the show are business. Since it's a sleep podcast, we've got to do that up front. And uh, then we have the intro. Intro is usually around 12 to 14 to 16 minutes, to, to, to maybe 15 minutes, sometimes 13 minutes. And those are kind of, uh, like you can skip them. The timestamp is in the episode, but they're kind of there to kind of set the mood. Some people use them while they're looking out the window or while they're brushing their teeth. Uh, like you could look at yourself blankly and give yourself a thumbs up in the mirror. How about that? You know, you could use it before bed or it could be the way you ease into sleep. And so there'll be an intro then there'll be the episode tonight. We'll be talking about TNG, uh, an episode about uh, uh, Lackawanna Troy or Lackawanna Troy. 
Counselor Troy's mother. De- her name's Deanna Troy. Just realized that uh, just now. I mean, I knew that, but I like I forget these things. Uh, so th- then I'll talk about Star Trek at the Next Generation for about forty-five or fifty minutes. Whether you watch Star Trek or not, really not that important. I mean, some people that are really hardcore fans like might find it like uh, evocative. But for the regular people, it'd just be kind of like a bedtime story about that happens on a spaceship. And actually, most of this one is about uh, relationships and uh, more, well, not really day-to-day stuff, but uh, it was like a slice-of-life episode, maybe. I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. A couple other things about the podcast, if you're new. You don't really need to listen. Like, I'm here to take your mind off stuff, to keep you company in the deep dark night to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar bud, whatever it, whatever you're comfortable, whatever role you're comfortable, just like a friend coming over to talk to you while you fall asleep. You, but you don't have to like a, that's the ideal, uh, I guess, archetype for the podcast. It'd be like, uh, like a friend that comes over and talks, but you say, Hey, I'm not going to like, tell me about your day. Cause you're the worst at you. Like it always tells, it takes you forever. Uh, but I'm not going to listen to you. And your friend goes, hmm, like a, like a relationship where your friend actually, they, like that's not like even like uh, insulting. Like somehow they get energy from that. Like it would be like uh, if there was a scientific discovery, and one day there probably will be, like, may, like maybe accidental, but they'll say, well, at one point we thought there was just introverts and extroverts and, you know, endothermic stuff and extra whatever thermic stuff and exoskeletons and endoskeleton, you know, then we like that. Then we met Scoots and he's actually in uh, a metavert. And what that means is that he makes up words. And one day he, he, he you know, he won the lottery and he bought the rights to the meaning of metavert. And he also bought all of the major, like most of the university. Do, do, trust me, this point in, in, uh, the, in, in, uh, so metavert means, uh, you know, cause the introvert gets their energy. It's like, they, like it takes, they expend energy interacting with others. Extroverts. And I know this is simplistic, but Scoots' explanations are all on napkins with crayon. And extroverts kind of get their energy from interacting. Uh, scoots, it turns out, the metaverts uh, get their energy from talking and being not being listened to, uh, but it, it's some sort of comforting, like, vibrational thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and that's the truth about this podcast. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I do find it comforting knowing my rambling can help you fall asleep because one of the reasons is I've been there. Like, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm on... Uh, I've had like four straight nights of uh, like wake ups and trouble getting back to sleep. And uh, it's been kind of baffling. I mean, I have a lot of stuff on my mind. So that's a big part of it. But you know, when you wake up, it, like, and a lot of people do listen to podcasts when they wake up to, to get back to sleep. And I'll try to be gentle about it, but like where you're like, you're not even sure you should find out what time it is, but then you're tossing and turning. And then you're like, well, if it's like 15 minutes before my alarm, then like, I might as well give up. But if it's like, uh, over an hour, then I'm in a pickle. If it's over three hours, then I'm in great shape. Uh, like these are the kind of, you know, after this is what happens after midnight, you know? And for me, it's always been 
it's always in that zone where it's like, okay, it's like uh, less than three hours before my alarm, but more than 15 minutes. And every night this week, and then last night was a heat wave. So last week, I mean, so it's like, uh, not only have I been there, I'm there right now. Um, and like this, usually I, I don't have like middle of the night wake ups where I can't get back to sleep. But like I said, like uh, sometimes your brain, whatever it is that's keeping awake, I, like uh, I know what it's like lying there and then trying to decide what you should do. Why can't I just fall back asleep instantly? Then why can't get comfortable? You know, that. But it was, so I kind of intervene on that because uh, I'm here for you because it can relate to what you're going through. I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And so what I'll try to do is just talk about Star Trek in uh, like a way that'll be kind of engaging enough for you to listen. And you'll say, hmm, okay, I'm kind of familiar with what uh, Scoots is talking about. I'm not sure if he's uh, accurate, if that's Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac. Because the band is Fleetwood Mac, not Fleetwood Mac. And I say, it's not Fleetwood Matt. Uh, is it Matt Fle- Fleetwood? Is there a character named Mac Fleetwood? And you might find, ideally, I give you a little a bit of the bore giggles or a giggle spritz where you almost, like, smile. Your lip turns just enough that you get those positive neurons firing. But they're kind of like poofing and then firing. I don't fire any neurons. I poof neurons. You know, I don't activate neurotransmitters. I warm them up a little bit. You know, like like almost like when you're rubbing something. You know, like there won't be any like there won't be any neurotransmission, but there'll be like neural shrugs, like uh, like all those things. You know, like a ganglia. They, they, like I, I say stuff like ganglia is great. If I knew what a ganglia was, I'd say, uh, and I might say ganglion. I don't, I'm not fluent in ganglion. So if you're listening, uh, ideally say, well, ganglion, it, it's right up there. It's like on the cusp of being uh, like, it's pleasant to say, but it, sometimes it's unpleasant to think about because you say it's got that ganglia, like, like, uh, Leon's great. Uh, like, like, a gang, I guess that could have mixed meanings, you know, but like, 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 you say, okay, ganglion, Leon, like, so maybe I'll just say Leon now, that's a nice word. And I, so ideally, like you say, okay, I can kind of listen to this guy, but he's not really, he's trying to make somewhat sensible sense, uh, but either he takes forever to get there, he gets lost on the way, and he gets confused, like he's the only one who's given directions when he's lost, uh, and that's a unique skill to have. And uh, be careful, like uh, make sure you like uh, leave the area if you're lost and you're given directions. Uh, make sure you're putting people to sleep, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's basically how the podcast works. Uh, like it doesn't actually put you to sleep; it keeps you company while you fall asleep, or if you can't sleep. Uh, if you're lying there and it's like at 3.50 in the morning, like it has been a couple times for me this week, uh, be there as your friend uh, or your, pro- like, you know, proxy for your friend. Your, uh, what did I say? Your me- me- metavert or whatever did I say? Introvert, uh, whatever that made up word I said is, uh, like, to, to, to be there. Because you, like, uh, I don't know, take your mind off stuff uh, to goof around. because. Uh, I know it's tough. It's tough being human, and 
everybody's got a lot going on and there's that freaking, you know, there's stuff that got all that. So it's like, uh, I want to be here for you. And, uh, I'm glad you tried this podcast. I'd appreciate your time. And I really hope and I really yearn I can help you fall asleep. All right. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, we're back. For you, this will be, I don't know when this episode will air, actually, because I'm like, uh, this is the first Star Trek episode I'm recording after the Game of Thrones season. So it's been uh, since July since I've recorded a um, Star Trek Next Generation episode. Uh, there has been, there were some in the bank, though. And then also this new Star Trek season. So I don't really know when this one's going to come out, but it's been a while for me. And tonight I'm going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 19, Manhunt. And believe it or not, I picked this by the album cover or the album art in uh, on, on Amazon. You know, I've been scrolling through these episodes quite a lot when I'm recording these because I watch the episodes so many times and I always forget what's, like I said, what season and what episode was the one I was watching. And so I, like, like and this one always caught my eye because it had Dr. Pulaski with these two um, beings that looked like they were inside of their own portable shower curtains. And they also look kind of like a silvery version of uh, the card soldiers from um, Alice in Wonderland a little bit. And I always said, what was that about? Like, what's that episode? I didn't even know it was called Manhunt. Until one day I said, I'm going to watch that episode with Pulaski uh, like, like almost like if you, like if you're making a Halloween costume where you're in the shower and you use a long silver, whatever that stuff's called, uh, ribbon, but it's, I think there's another term for it. And like, that's how you make your costume that looks like a shower, but it's shiny, like either looks like flowing water. I don't know. Whatever you do, it's what these creatures, and then they had fish faces, so that's how I chose it, and it ended up being quite the quite an interesting episode. It has Troy's mother, and uh, so so let's get started here. Let's see. Uh, enough exclamations. Yeah, Captain's like forty two eight fifty nine two, and TD three. They're in a thing around. It's a green Jupiter like planet. Picard's in formal dress, and uh, he goes to the transporter room. O'Brien, Worf, uh, Pulaski, and Wesley are waiting there. Mr. Crusher, he calls him. He said, hey, why did you come by, Mr. Crusher? Uh, not many people have seen an Antedian in the flesh. And uh, what does that say? And Pacific. I don't know. They come in, they energize in, and I put WTF uh, in the flight. Uh, my notes are not. Picard is like, uh, Wesley says, "What are they okay, sir? Because they're in some sort of... Uh, they travel by, uh, like, they get put into a sleep state, uh, is how they like to travel. A catatonic state, maybe that's what my notes say. That's how they deal with the seats being so small. And Wesley says, we're going to revive them. And the Picard says, not till we're closer to the conference in three days in Pacifica. And Velasquez scans them, and she says, yeah, I'm going to make some adjustments for the sick bay to put them there. But, uh, O'Brien, can you storm in the transporter room? And he says, oh, yeah, and then what? they have a container that looks like it would hold cold beer and soda, but in it is their food, which looks like chips of uh, a giant water chestnuts and some sort of glop, uh, which they, I guess they eat when they wake up. And then Worf has a little comedic humor. He says, uh, he looks at them, he kind of closes his eyes. 
He says, what a handsome race. Uh, let's see what else I have here. Silver curtains, uh, fish. Uh, oh, so a little bit, they're a little bit slee stacky too. Uh, Crusher, then they go to the bridge. Uh, I forget everybody's names. Riker gives, gives, says, Wesley, what'd you think? Wesley says, weird. And Data says, you shouldn't judge books by a cover. And they say, we got a small vessel coming in. And Troy stands up in a panic. She says, oh boy. And they say, what's the matter? And she says, what is she doing here? And they bring up this screen and they got a shuttle pilot who has a VIP passenger. And she pushes her way on the screen and she's like, uh, uh, Troy says, mother, Lakwana, Lakswana, Lakswana, Troy of the fifth house of the sacred chalice of Re, heir to the holy rings of the Batazed, uh, full ambassador status. Uh, she goes, you look good. Okay. You're glad you dressed up. And, uh, Troy says, please don't do this to me. And she says, don't worry, little one. And she goes, oh, Sean, look, what nasty thoughts you're having about me. How wonderful you think of me like that. And then Riker and Troy look at Picard like, dude, are you serious? Uh, that was when I was watching. Let me see what else I have in the notes. Uh, Wesley had his game face on at first as like he was trying to look tough when they were first, the Antedians first came in. Uh, he said it was weird they're going to storm in the transport room for a few hours. Uh, they put moving ginger snaps. Uh, what the F? Uh, ginger chips, I think I meant. Wharf stairs, great trick. Uh, what a handsome race. Yeah, then we saw the plane in the ship again. Then the bridge, then Riker quizzes away. I said, Data drops some knowledge. Uh, and then I said, We're being hailed. Uh, Troy's uh, stands. Oh my goodness. Uh, Calling the VIP, woman pushes the guy out of the way. She's very overdressed. Uh, and then she makes a joke after repeating Picard's mind. And Troy looks on in horror. And I put smirk, and then the opening comes. And the opening goes, they walk in the transporter room, Picard, Troy, and Riker, full dress. Uh, Riker's uh, practicing his smiles or something. He's practically all smiles. And Troy's mother, Lakwan or whatever, she energizes in with her back to us. She's on her knees and she stands up. We'll go to the dialogue for the comedy in a minute. She looks at her legs. Then she has a valet there, uh, Bernard or something, uh, is a giant. uh, And she has this giant suitcase. And then Riker takes his turn. It's very, very heavy. And they have comedy where he carries it down the hall. And then we'll catch up. Uh, let's see. She's just coming in. And she's looking around. She says, where are my legs? My legs? Where are my legs? And uh, Troy's like, right under you, mother. And she doesn't like being transported. She calls Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. Troy says, it's Captain Picard, mother. And she also sees the Antedians, which are weird. And this Riker finds this all amusing. He's like, oh, those are Antedian delegates. She says, delegates? Uh because last time I saw the Antedian, I was, you know, was uh, on a plate or something. And she's very, you know, you can tell her and Troy are, uh, she says, oh, so good to see you. And she says, Picard, you have very handsome legs. Uh, and then they say, beam the valet aboard. And he's from uh, the Munsters, or not the Munsters, uh, Mick Fleetwood. Or Feetwood. I don't know if it's the same Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac. I don't think so. It could be, though. That shows how much I know about things. Uh, 
But she was talking about how he, like, used to always uh, chase after her. And she tries to get Ricardo to carry it. He says, no, no, I'll let your valet carry it. Uh, And she goes, John, look, I can read your mind. And then Riker decides to carry it, but it's really heavy, as we said. Uh, 840, what is that? Uh, I guess that's a little bit later. Uh, more comedy with Riker picking up the suitcase. Then later, uh, Johnny picks it up and it's super light, no problem. Let's see. In the hall, they're talking to, to, to tele- telepathically. Uh, uh, she's like, he's got nice legs. Is he still yours? Uh, and Troy says that humans don't have that kind of relationship with other humans. And she says, well, maybe we'll have to pick up that custom again. And then they go into their guest quarters, which are quite nice. And uh, she invites Picard to a formal dinner. And he leaves. Then she snaps uh, her fingers and she talks with uh, Troy. Beta's away dinner of greeting tonight, Captain. And ambassadorial function. Her Also, her eyes are all pupil. And I don't know if that's her condition or what, but that was also interesting. She says, yeah, he's solid, totally reliable, once she's alone with Troy. And she goes, he's not bad. He's in decent shape. Uh, and Troy goes, I can't believe you're sizing him up like a commodity. And she goes, that's what human men are, uh, dear. She goes, was your father, like, uh, ever unhappy? She goes, Troy goes, no, 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 Dad loved you. And Troy goes, I don't think you'll ever do that. Uh, then the dude, I guess this is 840, he brings out a triangle Oh, then they go to the bridge, 840. Riker's telling jokes to everybody, like, uh, just inappropriate jokes. He's telling, like, Wes and them about Betazoids. And Worf's kind of got a shaming look, and then Picard walks in on it, and he says, uh, come on, guys, what the heck? And Riker didn't know he came, so he's totally busted. He goes, uh... He goes, we're dealing with an ambassador here. Quit clowning around like this is a, like a steam ship. This is a freaking spaceship, dude. Treat people with respect. And Riker looks at Data and then nods. And then they say, what kind of example are you setting? Then Picard goes, what's up with the Antedians? And Pulaski says, yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, uh, Betazoid knowledge dropping Riker was dropping Betazoid knowledge. Worf looks on disgust. Pod comes on. Picard comes on and says, Gentlemen, as Riker was laying it on, uh, succulent something, uh, something, something. I don't know, succulent, eccentric, somewhat eccentric. Uh, nods, Pollard. Oh, this is Picard to Pulaski. He goes, is catatonic a normal state for them? And he says, hey, guys, it's dressing in a uniform for dinner. And everybody's like, after he leaves, they're like, what? Uh, and there's music. Riker says, very interesting. Then Picard's walking the halls with a blue-green, like, bottle of a drink. He passes uh, Blasky. He goes, doctor, you going to this dinner? And she goes, "What? I don't know, I'm already full. He's like, WTF? And we really get a lot of comedy out of this valet because he played like the, not the Munsters, the Adams Family, giant, uh, like, uh, just seen the Adams Family movie. But I can't think of the name right. Lurch, uh, maybe Lurch is in the other one. But he hands him the bottle and the dude pounds it, uh, like an entire bottle of liquor. And he's kind of, that's his gag. He drinks a lot, uh, 
And Picard stunned. He's like, one second. He goes, that's actually, uh, but the giant doesn't really talk. He only stares and nods and grins. Uh, he says, where is everyone? And the guy just shakes his head. And then he points over and Lakwana, Lakswana walks in. And it seems like she was like in a nightgown. I said, is that a nightgown she's in? Uh, and then she kind of talks seduction. We'll do that. Uh, uh, and then 1210 something comes up. Um, yeah, he points at Picard, goes, when's everybody getting here? And he points at Picard and points at her. He's blue, too. She goes, hey, Jean-Luc, uh, don't mind if I do. Come, surprise, like, she's standing next to Orchids, too. Picard gulps uh, and purses his lips. And you know, then they go to an ad. And then they come back to our dinner. And they're talking. Uh, she says, a toast to Earthmen, who despite their many faults, have the unique ability to charm women of all races. And we get good window action outside the window with window streaks, like star streaks. Uh, and she goes, Picard goes, well, thanks. Uh, it's a big responsibility, I guess. Hardy, har, har. And they're kind of drinking martinis, and they're having like an amuse-bouche. Uh, and Lakswana goes, I know what you're thinking. And Ricardo goes, really? And she goes, you're wondering if I'm single or not. Uh, and he goes, no. She goes, don't worry, Jean-Luc. Uh, she takes his hand. And she says, competition brings out the mess best in human males. And Ricardo's really uncomfortable. He says, uh, uh, you know, I, like, I, like, I prefer an Indiana Jones-style date. Uh, he goes, I didn't, uh, he goes, I thought this was a, so like a state dinner. I thought everybody'd be here. And she goes, never assume anything when you're dealing with me. Then she starts playing footsie with him. And he tries to move his leg out of the way. And she goes, strange. Uh, and she goes, I'm not really hungry. She goes, I don't know why I lost my appetite. I don't know. Uh, she goes, any ideas? Uh, then there's a gong. And Ricard goes, uh, oh, we forgot to give thanks for our food. He goes, uh, like, uh, in the meanwhile, the dude, hit, the, her butler hit the gong. He's drinking a mar martini. And Ricard goes, what kind of, he goes, what are the rules about uh, saying thanks? He goes, let me call Data down here to give a report. Uh, let's see, tw oh, 1210 was when we see the star streaks outside. Well, probably not accurate. Is And I put, is that why we don't see those anymore? At dinner for two, they were wearing matching colors. Uh, uh, cheers. They had some sort of candied fruit for dessert or a candied fruit salad. And uh, let's see, Picard tries to play. He plays with his silverware a lot as a distraction. They had fondue forks. Uh, and then a, chel a chime or bell run by the giant. Picard uses this as a moment to throw data in there. Uh, he kind of does a sleep with me. Yeah, he says, I'll be right down. He goes, Data, can you talk? Uh, he goes, I'll be right down. Uh, and it was like a don't sleep with me, sleep with me episode. It was like, you know, don't, don't put me to sleep for real. Put her to sleep, please. He says, yeah, to a square root apply to the third to nine to the third power. He goes, that's how you figure out the distance between the Omicron system and the Crab Nebula. The card collapsed. He goes, so fascinating. Really funny stuff. Uh, uh, like, uh, describe, oh, I was going to describe that. It said, uh, it was so, 
It was how about that anomalous chemical composition? Tell that story. Brown dwarf stars. Uh, data goes, oh, it's a spellbinding subject. He's really picking up the, because you heard the rare your, your earth, uh, and then he starts talking about different chemical, like rocks or something. Uh, then we have Troy and Pulaski in the hall, and Pulaski can't give him Troy. She says, your mom's really interested. She goes, well, my mom's going through this condition, uh, uh, kind of like a midlife uh, phase, we call it. Uh, and Pulaski was like, like a human menopause. And she goes, well, more, uh, it's a, a fully uh, like a, an awakening, like a spring awakening more. So it's kind of like a, and Pulaski goes, huh? She goes, that's interesting. His captain was on the way to her quarters. Uh, and she goes, why'd you do that? And, and Pulaski again reveals that she's kind of a pain in the butt. She goes, oh, it's good practice for the doctor to stay ahead of your mother. Uh, animals always best when hunted or when hunting. Pulaski uh, she finds herself very amusing. Then Data's giving like a PowerPoint uh, about star movements. And little one comes in, Diana, and she goes, I uh, hope I'm not interrupting. And Picard goes, no, I got to get back to the bridge right this second. Yeah, she says, the little one, Data wants to stay and keep going. Picard's like, I got to get out of here. Uh, and Data goes, I could stay here all night. Uh, Picard goes, thanks for the meal. Uh, and I don't know if they have dessert chimes. Uh, anyway, she just keeps going. That's her little one. Yeah, but, but Troy's not happy. She goes, uh, she goes, but her mom's like, he's charming. Oh boy, as charming as your father. And I don't know if there's a going for after dinner drink or because her valet agrees with her, or he's just lit and uh, cracking up. Then the hall, her goes, Dave, he really saved my butt back there. He had to like take a big breath, big breath first, and he goes, you never know how much I owe you, man. And Dave goes, for what? Uh, he goes, I got, he goes, I got tons of anecdotes like that, man. And Picard goes, later with the anecdotes data. Keep, you know, keep them in your database, your database. Uh, and then Troy goes, Mother, how, why'd you come to here uh, when you're having your awakening? She goes, well, I was going to Pacific. And she goes, no, no, you knew it was going to happen. Then we see the giant uh, drinking a bunch of drinks. And Troy pulls her mother in the hall. She goes, Mother, uh. She goes, little one, I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, and Troy goes, no wonder you're dressed uh, uh, so uh, uh, shockingly. And you, she's even sighing a little bit, Troy, at different moments. Uh, she goes, uh, she goes, I'm going to pick somebody on this ship. And Troy goes, please, Mom, don't embarrass me. This is where I work. Uh, she goes, your, your captain was thinking about me nonstop. She roll, Troy rolls her eyes. And then they're having a meeting, and Picard's in shock. He goes, what? She, he, Troy goes, you were thinking about my mom the whole time, huh? And Riker's there. She's, Troy's got her arms crossed. She looks serious. Uh, and Picard goes, your mother's, like, recall is terrible. And Troy goes, she has the best telepathy on the earth, or telepathy. And Picard goes, your mom's great, but I'm totally not, like, really into her. Uh, to be honest with you, and Riker's having the time of her life, uh, his his life, and Troy's like, my mom's in her mid, like her awakening phase, and Riker goes, uh, 
Like, uh, yeah, you told me about that. And then she goes, she, she goes, yeah, made you, she goes, you get really awake. Uh, Riker's like, really awake? Wait a second. How awake? Uh, and they kind of go like back and forth. And she goes, her mother wants, my mom wants one partner. Uh, like she wants a monogamous awakening. And you're the early favorite, and Riker's just cracking up the whole time. He goes, like, congratulations, sir. Picard goes, I'm not amused. Like, Picard looks sick to his stomach. Uh, really good Riker reactions. Uh, and Picard goes, this is just isn't going to be possible, but I can't. How can I do that without uh, um, offending her? And Troy goes, logic's not going to work right now. Uh, this is, you got to be ambassadorial. You can't spurn her advances. She'd take it personally. Ambergard goes, well, under the circumstances, maybe I should uh, be less available then. At 1909, though, was, uh, he goes for the rest of the journey. And Riker goes, agreed. 1909, that's Picard's uh, thing. Riker's smile. And then they head down to the uh, holodeck. Picard does. uh and he says, you know, set the program for Dixon Hill, San Francisco. And he, like, wipes the brim of his cap. He's got a raincoat on, hands in his pocket, suits, fully dressed, ready to ready to role play, but not with uh, Loxwana. And he heads to his office. There's a close-up of Picard in his hat and his raincoat, kind of older show. 312, Dixon Hill, private, a private eye. Uh, he's in a tie, the doors, oh, the enterprise door opens. There's a guy in the, like, against it, next to a phone. We'll appear later. He's reading the paper. Picard looks him over, but doesn't think anything. Then he opens, there's just people in his office building reading papers against the wall. He opens the door, he points at his secretary. He goes, hey, good to see you again. And she goes, she's, Dick's, uh, you, like, uh, they had a type, they have a typewriter. And she goes, she's, it sounded like business was bad. Because he goes, is there new cases? She goes, we haven't had a new case in, uh, since Bosom Buddies. Uh, and the landlord says, you haven't paid your rent in forever. You owe the moolah. And she goes, you haven't paid me in a month. Uh, and she goes, I know it's been tough since you were, had that tummy ache. But uh, so there's something we might have missed. The uh, guy goes, well, I better get a case then. And uh, let's see, rubs it. Picard goes into the office, takes off his hat, his coat, rubs his hand. He turns on the radio. He puts his feet up like he's going to kick back. Uh, he's like excited to be Dixon Hill. He's got like a maroon suit. Uh, he's very happy. And uh, then he kicks back. He looks out. Oh, there's a hole in his shoe or like his shoe's worn in. And then we see Troy. And man, she is a mopping. And I'll have to wait till the scene comes up on the video that's playing. Oh, Troy and mom, she is a, a something. Paper desk, uh, she's unwrapping something and uh, she sits with the giant. She calls Troy a little one again. Uh, let's see what they really think. Oh, she's, she's dressed in what looks like wrapping paper. It's still attractive, but, uh, Looks like a wrapping paper dress. Uh, and Troy goes, he had to go to the holodeck for business. And her mom goes, well, I didn't like him anyway. It's fine. She goes, come on home. We're pounding drinks. We got to come up with it. Like, so it becomes like almost like a rom-com. 
we got to, don't worry, little one. We're going to do a rom-com. I mean, they don't do, they do like kind of a light version. Uh, then Picard looks out his window. I don't know if it was a TV, but it looks like old San Francisco. And they go, somebody's here to see you. And Picard goes, the guy starts talking, Slade Barber, Slade Bender. Picard says, excuse me. He turns down the radio. He's so polite. Uh, and he sits there. He plays dumb. He goes, what can I do for you? He's all nonplussed. Uh, and uh, then the guy loses his temper. So Picard dives out of the way and uh, says, freeze program. And then I, this doesn't make any sense. We'll see what it says. He, another person comes. He said, I'm here to relay mo, move ambience. That's what it says. I'm here to relay move or more A-M-B-E-E-A-U-N-T ants. So I wonder what the, the first guy wanted to refund. Uh, let's see what, what the next thing says, because that doesn't make any sense. Uh uh, Picard has his hands in both pockets, the old pocket switch. I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, door opens in classic noir. Computer, please. Oh, more ambience. Uh, Beance. Ambience. Oh, he says it like that. Ambience. I'm sure he says uh, like uh, something different. He dusts off his coat. Uh, and he goes, and then this is classic noir character with a crooked hat, a little bit of a scar on his face, mustache, talks tough. And he says, your private eye, Dick. Uh, and Picard says, that's what it says on his door, my door. Uh, there's a great profile shot, too. And the guy says, that's supposed to be funny. And uh, he, the dude has bug eyes, so because it was supposed to be funny. Uh, I ain't in the mood for funny. And he gets froze because his bug guys bug Picard out. Uh, but profile shot of, of, of Picard in back. Uh, I must have liked that. Uh, Picard freezes the program again. Uh, clears it. They keep trying to reconfigure it, but it doesn't work. Uh, like somebody with a Tommy thing. The first guy comes back. So Picard leads on the windowsill next to a portrait of FDR, I believe. Uh, and he says, what's up with the computer? The computer says, I'm limited to the Dixon Hill uh, novels. Uh, they said, oh, that was like the kind of Sherlock Holmes problem. Yeah, then we're at 2740. Worf and Wes uh, are with the Silver People. And Worf's arms are crossed. We'll cover the dialogue in a minute. Wes is almost amused. His hands are behind his back. Uh, and they have, he says, even in this state, they have a certain dignity, Worf says about the Antedians. Grateful, grateful, graceful countenance. Wes almost cracks up. He's trying to be, he says, if you say so. And Worf says, is this how you felt when you first saw me? And this is serious. He goes, Wesley says, yeah, a little bit, I guess. And Wesley goes, but now I know Klingons, and I've come to think that you're handsome for a Klingon. And Worf's like, you got to be kidding me. He goes, he goes, I didn't mean to say it like that. Then Lackawanna comes in. She doesn't like the Antedians, uh, but it's an important plot point, a kind of. She goes, they look better in sauce. Uh, and she goes, Wes, when are they going to revive them? She kind of says, you're a fine boy. A little young, though. When, one day he'll be a man. And Wes, like, blinks. He gives, like, a doe-eyed look. Uh, she goes, I don't got time for you to mature. 
And she looks at Worf. She goes, you're very primal. Oh, boy. I like that. Uh, and a man. And Worf goes, I'm not a man, yo. And she goes, well, men are irrational and egotistical. But she goes, I'm kind of into humans. So, uh, pity. And Worf doesn't seem, maybe he seems a little hurt that he doesn't get picked. And she goes, who's next, Mr. Hom? Or Holm, whatever her, her uh, butler's name is. And he kind of indicates to Jordy by doing a visor motion. Uh, then, you know, Wes and, after she leaves, they exchange, Wes and Worf exchange like a FWTF look. Uh, like, what was all that about? And then they look at the fish people. And Picard goes to leave his office. He goes, see you, Madeline. She's like frozen, putting on makeup. And then he goes, activate program 2950. Picard pushes some papers aside and sits on her desk. And then he says, uh, I'd like to go to Rex's bar with me. And she goes, is this, uh, she goes, have a drink with you. And she goes, uh, that's the first time you've ever asked. Uh, he goes, is that a problem? She goes, not for me. She goes, but just take this. Uh, and I didn't know if this whole exchange was a device to give him, like he gets a squirt, a squirt, uh, toy. And there's sultry music playing as they leave together. She says, you're going to need that to squirt some people with water. And then we cut to a commercial as they head out together. Uh, then Picard and uh, Madeline go into a sawdust-covered bar, Rex's bar. And uh, Picard uh, breaks every rule of Prime Directive at this bar, which is strange. Uh, and there's a lot of comedy. He closes the door behind him. I guess uh, the bartender's like uh, really old school. For some reason, his secretary's already there. And they say, hey, what do you say? Do you see in this paper? Uh, Germany's, you know, he goes, this is a WW2 or whatever. And Picard just breaks. He goes, uh, because his secretary's like, well, we don't, you know, we need to stay out of it. Uh, Regard goes, oh, it goes, it really ends up great for the USA in this, uh, so they should. Dominant world power and catalyst of technological treatment. He's totally into the, um, what is that thing called? The freaking, uh, the thing with the military industrial complex. Uh, and the guy goes, what are you, uh, into the military industrial complex? And Picard goes, a bit, uh. And he goes, late. he goes, what are you drinking? And Ricard goes, Scott Nietzsche. And then he takes a cigarette, uh, a little bit of comedy. I think he put it in, it was filterless. Uh, and he's kind of like, uh, he has a little comedy with uh, trying to smoke it. Uh, though not too much. Uh, and Ricard hasn't paid for his drinks in a while. The guy's like, what the heck, dude? Are you ever going to pay for a drink? And Because Ricard goes, oh, yeah, I didn't have any. Uh, he goes, I don't carry any money with me. First, he doesn't even know what to mean because the guy does scratch, the scratch motion. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I got to write a note to myself uh, to bring some money. And the guy goes, yeah, you really, really got to pay me. Come on, uh. And Picard goes, is that why you wanted to see me? And he goes, no, Jimmy Cuso is coming by. And like, uh, and Madeline goes, yeah, that's, he wants to be squirted. And Picard goes, oh, yeah, the Parrot's Claw, that book. Uh, and Marty O'Farron, they talk about, let's see, breaks every rule, prime directive. Uh, 
Bartender has suspenders. Uh, guard has to take a drink on the something on the bartender. Scratch, scratch. Give me the money. Picard uh, uh, taps the bar. He goes, "Oh, money, money." And the bartender says, "If you deal with that, I will we'll get we'll get rid of your bar bill." Uh, like to have a plan. Picard goes, "Huh." Then Pulaski calls the bridge. She says, uh, "Transfer is completed." Antedian's in sick bay. Riker says, "Okay, got it." Uh, and he's with Troy on the bridge. Then the mother walks in. She's in her um, kind of her Christmas gown. And uh, Troy goes, "What are you doing on here?" She goes, "He took the turbo tube. I uh, got to deal with some stuff." Uh, Where's the captain? And Picard goes, "He's busy." And she goes, "Well, I don't care. I have other interests as well." And Troy brains her. She goes, you're scheming, Mother. Don't try to fool me. And Mother goes, you're always dramatic, little one. I'm not scheming. I'm deciding. Then she checks out Riker, who kind of looks at her. And this is, like, emotional. Troy goes, please, Mother, not him. And she goes, why not him? And she, Troy's kind of, like, uh, like kind of just, like, uh, has to kind of, uh, she can't stand up to her mom, I guess. Totally. She tries, but her mother shuts her down. Yeah, then they're like Antedians are coming out of, uh, they're going to be out in a matter of hours. Uh, and Riker goes, I got to let the captain know, excuse me. And she goes, are you going to see the captain? And Riker goes, yeah, it's ship's business, though. I won't be disturbing him. And Laxwana goes, well, it's excellent timing. You got to let him know about us. Uh, and Riker goes, us. And she goes, yeah. She goes, hey, everybody, uh, by the way, uh, she goes, who are you again? He goes, William. She goes, everyone's invited to our, uh, when we get to Pacifica. And Troy goes, no. She goes, on the shores of the Western Sea. She goes, a traditional Betazoid ceremony. Right, Commander Riker and I are going to get married. Uh, Riker's kind of arms stiffly at said. He looks around. Uh, everyone's kind of shocked. Wes even mouths married. It's kind of weird how everybody just enables her. He even, like, laughs. So Troy's really, uh, Counselor Troy's really shocked and hurt. Uh, so much so they have to cut to a commercial. They do almost a double zoom on her. Riker kind of has a grin, but, like, oh, boy, uh-oh, grin. Uh, then they come back from the ad. Miss Troy's holding on to Riker's arm, doing, like, baby talk to him. And she goes storming past, and Troy, Riker grabs her. And she goes, what are you doing? Why are you stopping me? He goes, let's have the captain deal with this. Uh, and Data goes, are you going to the holodeck? Uh, and they go, yeah, do you want to come? He goes, totally, man. He goes, can you wait till I want to change first? And Data has this kid-like look on. It was funny. Uh, then point in commander. Uh, give me a second. And then the shot of the Enterprise. Picard's, and then they go back to the bar. Picard. The bar. Picard's in deep conversation at the bar with his secretary and the bartender. Someone hits a door, and the door opens. Everyone's worried, but it's uh, Data in a suit. Uh, I'm jumpy as hair, like uh, Lipinski or something. Riker's dressed normally. He goes, uh, hey, Captain. He goes, call me Dix. He goes, our passengers have wakened. And Picard goes, I can't. I got to go. And they say, well, no, no, you're supposed to help Rex. Uh, Come on. And the Picard goes, no, 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 I got to go. And then the bartender says, please, please, have your friends stay. Riker goes, we could hang. And Data goes, we can hang. 
So so these are my uh, associates, Nails from Chicago. And uh, he goes, who are you again, Data? He goes, Carlos from South America. And he goes, this is Rex. And he goes, this is like a meta in the beta. He goes, Rex, I don't think I caught your last name, Rex. Because I don't think I have one. Uh, and Rex goes, why else are you here? He goes, well, there's a beautiful woman who wants to marry me. And uh, don't think, and the bartender goes, sounds, sounds great. Uh, then we see Laxwana getting in a very nice purple, like, uh, ball gown or uh, a lot of ruffles. Uh, and her and her thing, she goes, this, she goes, where's Commander Riker? She goes to the computer. On the bridge, they go negative, all deck three. And uh, she says, just follow the lights. That's one of my favorite things of, like, uh, how the lights on the, like, can help guide you places. Uh, new purple, oh, new purple, 3811, ruffles. Then uh, the computer sounded, she was also the voice of the computer. That was another thing I learned. Uh, then they roll in the bar. Rex is like, holy cow, that's the rich lady. He goes, I got a best seat for you, uh, young lady. And Picard tries to hide by looking away at the bar, like it totally like a move I would make. And she's like, I can't believe this bar, part of the ship's so dirty. And then Riker, she, she, Riker's trying to brush off. She goes, what do you think I was born last week? I know you're hiding from me too. Uh, and then Rex tries to cheer up. He goes, why are you so, uh, he goes, why would you want a guy like that? He goes, you're too good for him. And she goes, you're a really interesting person. And he goes, you're not so bad yourself. Uh, he goes, you're the most class has ever been in here. And she, he goes, I got some French stuff for you. Uh, and Laxwana goes, he, she goes, he's remarkable. I've never met anyone like him. And Picard goes, I don't suppose. She goes, he's strong. And there's no thoughts at all coming off him. So they don't, they're kind of playing with her. And she goes, he's keeping all his feelings hidden. And Picard then tries to explain it. Uh, but she says, no man has ever been such a mystery to me. She goes, I usually know their thoughts before they do. And she goes, it's quite a, it's quite a pitter-pattering to me. And even Rex is into it, of course. And she goes, well, let's sit alone. Carry my beverage to that table, she says. She goes, we got some things to talk about. Uh, so she falls for Rex Maze. Picard tries to tell her she's smitten, carrying my beverage. Uh, she's very demure, and Rex winks or something. And he sits with her. Riker rolls up on Picard. He goes, should we tell her? And he sighs. Uh, and he goes, it would only be for, and I think it cut. He goes, I think it would only be fair. He goes, let's allow her a minute. Uh, to enjoy it. And the, the dude, like her butler's leaning up against the jukebox. And we go to sick bay and the vermilions or whatever are very hungry. And so then they get to eat uh, from their like kegerator or whatever. And Pulaski says, the passengers are up. Uh, you better get out here. And Riker says, yeah, we better get to the uh, bridge, dude. And they're pretty happy. Pulaski's pretty happy that they're hungry. She goes, do you want to go to your rooms? And they just want to eat from their bowl. And, uh, yeah, they are a little sleaze stacky. 42, 25. 
Oh, Picard tries to get Miss Troy. He goes, are you coming with us? She goes, not just yet. I'm going to hang with Rex. Uh, she goes, tell William I'm sorry. Uh, but Rex and I are getting married. And uh, Ricard goes, I have to deliver to the conference on time, and that's what I intend to do. And she goes, pity, duty calls, darling. And she goes, I'll be back for you later. And Rex seems pretty ch- And then Picard goes, Miss Troy, I, I wanted to tell you about Rex. Uh, the poor secretary's just standing there, too. Uh, let's see. Oh, Enterprise 4235, White Locks, Juana, and Troy, and the thing. Troy almost trips when she's getting off the thing, and her mom's not happy, uh, and the dude is carrying her thing. And they get on bridge. She goes, what are these weirdos doing still here? And they go, we're going to the same conference. We have to send you together. And she goes, those aren't delegates, dude. They're uh, undercover officers. And they go, what? And then they try to deny it. And she goes, I can read your minds. Uh, she goes, they're undercover. They're trouble. They're going to ruin the conference, uh, which you couldn't tell, but it, luckily you have me. And they go, you didn't even scan them for that stuff. And then Data goes, oh, yeah, you're right. They have ultiminium or something. They were going to ruin the conference. So Ricardo says, take him to level five, Worf. He goes, all right, let's do it. And Troy looked across at some point on the left. Uh, the fish people weren't happy about that, obviously. She hugs her mother goodbye. And they get on the bridge. She's like, well, I didn't find a like a thing, but I did save the conference. And Wells, your reputation's on this ship. All in a day's work. Uh, says, goodbye, Mrs. Troy. Thank you. They should be thanking her. And Troy kind of waves to her mother, who blows her a kiss. Uh, and Picard says, send him out, Chief O'Brien. And then Troy takes a dig, big, big, deep breath as uh, her mom says, oh, Sean Luke, uh, how could you think that? Riker just, just keeps laughing, and Troy kind of looks still embarrassed, and the episode comes to a close. So that was a nice little episode to come back to, like, uh, like pretty silly and a little bit, like, uh, definitely one of the more sillier ones. And I kind of felt for Lackwana. Lakswana, uh, but it was like, uh, you know, it was an interesting little episode with a uh, crossover of a few, few different things. And I thought it was really cute, uh, how Troy, like it, like it made me more, it gave me like good feelings for Troy. Like when she was having to deal with her mother, uh, maybe created some empathy or some compassion or something. All right. So, uh, good night.